Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host, Zay and Young Vander. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. Y'all already know what it is. We're about to bring the heat. Week one is almost officially in the books. It's Monday night. We got one more game left. I got my man, Young Vander, on with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. What's going on, Fantasy Fiends out there? I got my main man, Bro Joe. Holla at the people, Joe. What's going on, Fantasy family? Yo, we got news for you. We got a new segment called Get Them, Drop Them, Keep Them. We're going to help with some of your tougher decisions, who you may need to drop, who you may need to pick up. We're going to get into the thick of it. But first, your fantasy news. And now your fantasy news. Got a lot going in the way of news today. Some of it, if not the majority of it, is melancholy news. I say that because we got a few guys that are already popping up on the either short-term or long-term IR. The worst injury, if you will, from this past weekend was Fitzmagic. One of my guys looks like he has a severe hip injury. They're talking about an eight-week minimum if he's lucky. When you're almost 40... That broken hip ain't going to quite repair like like two a tongue of a lowest did when he, he's like 21, 22. So wishing the, the best for Fitzmagic, but uh, this may be the end of the road for him. Going into the season, I wasn't a, a real big fan of him. And it's just a, another chapter. I mean, this is something that you kind of expected. At least I did. So really not surprised by it. And I don't really have no feelings about it, man, because <laughs> I expected it to happen. Either that or play poorly and get benched. So. Heineke was somebody I thought who should have won the job coming into this offseason. Right. I feel like if he plays solid, I think it's his job to keep. But we got to we got to see. I know um, Kyle Allen is now the designated backup and they picked up some guy and put him on the practice squad. I think his last name is Shermer. I, I, I don't really know too much about him, but they, they got a new practice squad guy. But yeah, we'll we'll see what goes on with that. It's, it's highly unlikely that if you're out for six to eight weeks and for a good bit of that time, you're not even available to stay in shape uh, attempt to stay in shape in which in shape and football shape are two completely different things it's 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 not looking too good for fits we have jerry judy who has a high ankle sprain looks like he's going to be out somewhere around the six week time frame um, according to the uh, first projections for his injury jerry judy man he was a guy that had all the upside in the world for this year a lot of people kind of had him on their list if you will i think this hurts because I expect a big year from him, especially with uh, Teddy Bridgewater being named the quarterback. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be grabbing Sutton and, and going for Sutton, but actually I think Tim Patrick wins out of this whole deal. Maybe some Hamler also, but I think with Judy going down, I think Tim Patrick is going to be the person that benefits the most because of the skill set. So, But it's, it's, it's a bummer, man, because I really had high praises in, uh, for Judy this year. Yeah, I think it, it really kind of hurts the, the Pro Bowl year, that ascension that he, you know, that momentum he had kind of going into the preseason and the whole entire offseason. I think 
think, like you said, Tim Patrick's definitely big, but Hamler was somebody who also benefited to injury, and he had a phenomenal play yesterday, too. Evan Ingram, um, he's still nursing the injury. Doesn't look like he's going to be a go. I don't know exactly how long it is he's going to be on the snide, but this guy's been off and on his entire career due to injury, and it seems like as soon as he gets a little bit of footing, something else pops up. I can't say that this is something that I didn't expect for Evan Ingram. You got Gallup that is going on the Michael Gallup going on the three-week IR, so that may actually be good news for Gallup owners or uh, Cowboy fans um, that he didn't end up on the longer IR. That's definitely a situation to monitor. I know they brought up Cedric Wilson as his replacement, and it looks like Schultz, the tight end, looks like he's going to get a little bit more shine uh, based on Gallup not being in the lineup as well. I think it's going to be good for Lamb and Cooper, who seem to have this chemistry going, and they fed off each other a lot during the game. To me, Gallup, it puts them over the top, but they seem to have had a good mixture of players yesterday's game, but we already knew the focal point was going to be Lamb and Cooper, and Cooper balled out once uh, Gallup got out. I think it's a little blessing in disguise. I agree with that. Zach Ertz is nursing a hamstring as well, but he was able to get, make it through the game. My Goddard kind of went off. Does that sort of solidify where these guys are going to kind of rank, or how they're going to kind of be utilized, or you think this is just a week one, things will shake out, it might even up? As of right now, I think this is a this benefit definitely got her he's probably going to separate himself you know a lot of things with injuries we've seen where it's kind of close one person either gets injured or a plays poorly and then the other person kind of catapults so i think this is one of those situations where god is going to take the reins on that job and, and mm-hmm. probably, he probably won't see it again i mean bar an injury i think this this could be the end of earth right now going i know it's early but again once you let someone take the job and i think god is going to capitalize on it he showed a pretty good chemistry with uh and hurts in the, in the game sunday yeah just know how indianapolis well, the head coach who was with Indianapolis kind of plays his offense. He's a two tight end kind of guy. So I think Ertz is going to be Ertz when he gets back. But the, I think the main benefactor has to be Quez Watkins, mm. in my opinion, because he he had two phenomenal plays the first half. And then he kind of lost his rhythm, in my opinion. But I think not having Ertz will give him a, little, a few more uh, much needed reps because his chemistry right now with Ertz is crazy. Tyrell Williams of Detroit that's currently in concussion protocol. I didn't figure it was going to end up being concussion that took him out, but um, he's another one of those guys that kind of stays nicked up. I hope he's able to recover from his situation, but uh, that's another situation to monitor as far as injury is concerned. We got Mo Start that's hurt. It looks like he's going to be out right now. Current prognosis up to eight weeks. And then we, conventional wisdom was Trey Sermon would be next man up, but it looked like Elijah Mitchell ended up getting like 15 carries this game. It was between he and Jamichael Hasty that um, carried the load. Uh, Sermon was a healthy scratch. IU, they're indicating that he was still healing up from the hamstring, but also it looks like it was more so of a kind of punishment, like on timeout kind of a thing. Like he could have gone if it was a game of importance, but they kind of felt like since it was Detroit, they didn't need his services because of something that went down at some point in time between he and the coach. But I know that's your squad. Barry, um, you, you got any say, insight as far as the way this thing is going to hash out um, as far as the running backs are concerned? Well, yesterday, uh, Shanahan definitely lost some owners some games, lost a lot of people some money in DFS. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, Trey Sermon was a surprise with a healthy scratch. Ayuk playing a low percentage of snaps yesterday with no targets was another surprise. It's coming out that he was kind of in the doghouse a little bit. Uh, missed a lot of practice uh, as far as the, the hamstring injury. And he's saying, hey, he wanted to give Trent Sheffield a shot. Seemed like the guy's been practicing hard, playing hard. So he wanted to reward him by starting him and give him some playing time. As far as Elijah Mitchell came out of nowhere, probably the hottest guy on the waiver wire right now. We all know whoever the start running back is for the 49ers is pretty much gold. You know, I talked about that many times on here. I like Elijah Mitchell going forward. Trey Sermon has a lot to make up. It's said that him and Hasty have both outplayed him in practice. With that being said, I think Mitchell's the guy right now. Hasty is the guy behind him. As far as Ayuk also, man, I wouldn't look too far into it. I would just be patient. I think he just got to get up, get up to speed and he'll be back in the position that he was in coming into the season. So, And as far as Sermon and Mitchell are concerned, do you think this is a matter of talent or do you think this is a matter of uh, picking up on the playbook or possibly pass protection or something of that nature? Do you think it's something that Sermon can overcome or has the coaching staff just determined that Mitchell is the better back? I think it's something he can overcome, but let's let's think about it. I think Mitchell was a six-round pick. I believe and, so. And Sermon was a third-round third pick. So I think Sermon is the better talent. But again, these guys got to offer the style of running back they like. Exactly. So it doesn't matter if it's Jim Kennedy. He's going to be a stud <laughs> in their offense. You know what I mean? They, they just know what to look for. So I like Mike Anderson when Clinton Portis left Denver. Right. He jumped Ooh. right in and 1,000 yards. So it's just one of them things. Orlandis Gary. You know what I mean? I can go on and on for the, from years that the Shanahan's, they do this. So yeah, Sermon may be the better talented guy, but it don't really matter because the guy behind him can do what he do for this system as good as him. So that about wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and get into that rapid fire 10. And now, Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. But today is a special episode where we're doing gold or fool's gold. These players, they went out Sunday. Some had good games. Is this something that we're going to see over the rest of the season? Or were they just carrying a lucky rabbit foot in their pads? Let's get right into it. We got Van Jefferson, wide receiver, Los Angeles Rams. What y'all think? I'm going to say gold. I'm going to say fool's gold on that one. Jerry Goff, quarterback, Detroit Lions. I'm going to say fool's go. I got to say fool's go, too. He don't have the weapons. Okay, we got the Jawan James, the wide receiver turned tight end in New Orleans. I'm going to say gold because there aren't but so many weapons, and Callaway was a disappointment if I ever seen one. So I'm going to go with gold. I'm going to go, too. We got Elijah Moore, wide receiver, New York Jets. I'm going to still say gold. I don't know what happened this Sunday, but I still got faith in my man, and I'm, I believe he's going to pull through. So I'm going to still say Elijah Moore is gold. Saying he's gold. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver, 49ers. Talked a little bit about him. I'm, I think he's still gold. Um, I believe that if the matchup was in the playoffs or it was against a division rival or something of that nature, he would have played this past Sunday. So I'm, I still got to go with gold with Ayuk. Oh, yeah, he's still gold. Okay. We got Jameis Winston, New Orleans Saints. I guess I'm going to go gold. I don't think he's going to be platinum every week. That's what he was this past week. <laughs> but... <laughs> The only thing Jameis needed to do was not throw as many interceptions. And it looks like he's he's gotten that under wraps. I, I saw him throw a couple of balls away that he would have tried to throw into a bucket playing with Tampa Bay. I saw him um, sell a couple of balls over people's heads again that he would have tried to fit into a bucket in other circumstances. So I, I'm thinking the light, the light switch is kind of finally flipped for him. So I'm, I'm going to go go. I got to go fool's go with this one. I don't know what the heck the Packers was doing. They played the most horrendous defense ever. And he's not going to get that lucky throughout the season. 
what I would have liked to have seen him is have more yards. But then again, you, you got to take what people give you. Had his stat line been the five touchdown and close to 300 yards, I would have thought more. But he played a horrible defense. He played a pop Warner defense to me. And I don't think he can hold up against an actual NFL defense throughout the entire season. Okay, we got Jared Cook, Chargers. Oh, that's gold. That, that's gold. That was one of my guys, too. We covered another show. He already knows John Lombardi. He knows the offense, and he's he still got it, man. He's he's an elder statesman in the game. He got it. I got to go gold. Sooner than later, nine times out of ten, Mike Williams is going to get hurt. Like I don't understand how you never learn how to land. Like This dude jumps in the air like he's Jordan and then lands flat on his back and then wonder why he always have hip and back problems. <laughs> So I, I don't I don't know that he's gonna make it through the season. I mean, he did it in this past game. It was like, man, that was a a tremendous effort. But my God, do you understand? This ain't the WWE. Ain't no spring under that grass. Like you gonna it's gonna hurt when you land. So for that reason, I believe that Cook is gonna end up being the, the second receiver in this offense. But before it's all said and done, he probably was a stunt man in his first life. Man, <laughs> we got Mark Ingram, the running back from the Texans. That's fool's gold, man. Is bronze. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, right? We he got always volume, say, though. He that's got what volume. I was about to say. We always say volume is king. And right now, there's two things we know. He's going to get carries. He's going to get the goal line work. And even with a team that isn't projected to do so well, if you have volume and you have the goal line work, that's rosterable. That That's somebody that you shouldn't just allow to stay on the waiver, right. which is where he was for, for most people's uh, leagues. Okay, we got uh, Ramondre Stevenson, running back Patriots. I think – it's still gold. I mean, that fumble, his first carry, like, really is discouraging. Harris can't stay healthy, so I, I'm still on him. I still think he's gold. Harris was a stud yesterday, but just like Joe said, I don't see Harris being able to hold up to the workload. Not only that, but at least it was his first carry that he fumbled on and not the carry that cost us the damn game. So if you're going to not give him the ball because he fumbled, you might as well kick Harris off the damn team. I mean, like, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth, Bill. I mean, you can't you can't say that this guy ain't going to get the ball at all, you know, because of a fumble. And, and literally, Harris cost us the game. We were on the, what, 25, 30-yard line. We had a chip shot field goal to take it. All we had to do was hold on to the ball. The most important time of the game to ensure that more than anything else, if you didn't get another yard, we had the game in hand. So I, I can't see how Bill just absolutely trust one and then didn't trust the other at all if anything it might mean that especially you guys that are in ppr leagues you might want to go look for james white i noticed he got several carries he got a whole lot of our targets so when bill kind of gets frustrated with his running backs that's normally a good thing for james white so all in all i guess i'm gonna go barring additional fumble issues I, I'm still go gold. I saw what I saw in the preseason. I saw what I saw when the kid was in Oklahoma. So I'm, I'm still go gold. Okay, and last but not least, we got Amari Cooper, wide receiver, Cowboys. That's platinum I'm, right there. <laughs> He's one of those guys that as long as he's healthy, you keep him in your lineup. He's no different than a George Kittle, no different than a Saquon Barkley. If they're healthy, you start them. It's just a matter of goal is normally pretty indestructible. Goal is normally something that you don't have to worry about the conditions. It's going to be right where you put it. You can come back 100 years later. I don't know that Cooper is going to turn out to be goal because it may be one or two more games that he's healthy and then you're 
you're putting him in every week mm -hmm. because of what he did for the first couple of games. So players such as Cooper, they're the most difficult players to work with because they give you a flash and then it's like, oh my God, he has otherworldly talent. And then the next thing you know, you're putting in a guy every week hoping for what happened in week one, week two, and he's never that healthy again. I'm going to have to go. Unfortunately, yeah, he's high end fool's goal. He's that good costume jury. Oh, man. But to argue that, I mean, at his peak, this guy is, the, to me, top five. Let me put him top three route runners. Like, how he get people, especially in the end zone, he, he murdered the end zone last year. I think he had, like, what, five touchdowns? But I how agree. savvy it was and, and how nuanced those routes was, mm -hmm. it was just poetry in motion watch him run routes. And he did, oh, boy, dirty. He did Dean dirty. He did Huntley dirty for he went out with the dislocated elbow. He go, he will continuously serve people up. But like you said, it's only health with him. Because Lamb, obviously, he got these drops. He got these lapses in conversation, like uh, concentration. Yes, he's going to give me that spectacular play. But I know with Cooper, when it's third and 13, it's third and whatever, that man going to get open. Just like Devontae Adams would. Just like a Keenan Allen would. Just like a Ridley would or, or a Scary Terry. I, I think he's still good. The best ability is available. Ability. That's all That's I'm saying. Right. Everything right. that you said is 100% true. And as I forestated, he has otherworldly talent. It's just that you become dependent on that. And then when he goes from putting up 20 points, 25 points a game to getting you like seven or eight because he just ain't got it in the tank no more. And it's when it's the most important time of the fantasy season as we get deeper into the season. That's what hurts fantasy players so much. That's why I'm classifying him as fool's gold because he'll make you think that you struck oil week one, week two, week three, and then he'll lose a step for the rest of the season because he, I mean, he entered the season nicked up. But I definitely understand your standpoint. Okay, that's our Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire. All right, so let's hop into the main parts of the show today. We're going to start off with a few highlights, if you will, and the things that we kind of gleaned from what we saw over this past week up until Monday night's game. Monday night's game obviously won't be a part because that is this evening. There are a couple of games that I feel gave us several answers, and then there are several games that I think left us with more questions than answers as far as the main fantasy participants are concerned for those teams. I'm going to start out with the Kansas City versus the Cleveland Browns game. Um, Kansas City pretty much showed they are who we thought they were. There, there really isn't much to speak on on that side. They, they kind of all hell serve. On the Browns side of things, the most concerning part was I looked at Baker Mayfield's stat line about halfway through the game. They were already, they already had like 22 points. So uh, I go to look at the stat line and I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, Baker at least got to have, you know, at least a good 10 fantasy points on the board. Nah, he had about like six or seven. Ends the game, although the Browns put up quite a bit of points. He ends the game with around like 12, 13 points, just depending on your scoring system. If against Kansas City, who is going to require you to do a little bit more passing than what is going to be required against other teams, if he's putting up 12, 13 points, is this going to be indicative of his ceiling or was this just game circumstance in y'all's opinion? I think we already seen his ceiling already. Uh, I don't see Baker Mayfield getting any better than he already, what we already seen on display. I really thought the Browns should have pulled the trigger on the offseason with the Aaron Rodgers trade, but they wanted to double down and said they're going to stand by their man. And that's cool. But what you see is what you get. This is a game that the Cleveland Browns should have won 
I thought they played well enough to win the game. This could very well be a preview of the AFC championship game this year, though, because I still think the Cleveland Browns are going to be there when it's all said and done. Baker Mayfield is, I mean, what you see is what you get. He's not, he's really not that good. I think he's in the bottom half of the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks. I agree. He's better than Manziel, I'll tell you that. But like you said, he's not much better, <laughs> much better than Manziel. I mean, to have the weapons he has on the offense, put it in context, he has the same offense as Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins had 35 touchdowns, eight interceptions last year. For him not to produce in a similar system with that type of talent, it doesn't say well so much for me. Do we think that when OBJ comes back and it's looking like by all accounts he should be ready to rock by next week, that might account for 40 yards and an additional touchdown on, on any given Sunday? So no. do we think that OBJ is going to have an effect no. on the points that the Browns score or that Baker scores as a fantasy no. quarterback? No, Baker's going to get worse when OBJ gets back. Wow. Okay. I mean, we see him play with OBJ. He doesn't look good. He actually plays better without OBJ. I don't agree with that. The only reason I'm saying that now. Go look at the games. I know what you're going to say, but hear me out on this. The last time we saw him have a season with OBJ, it was in his rookie year. And I feel like Baker was pressured into forcing the ball to the guy he felt he was supposed to get it to versus now being in the third. And I don't count last year because OBJ was hurt pretty much the whole year. Hmm? In his third year, uh, he was hurt for most of the year. Beckham was. So we're not going to count the, the games that he played? Well, I mean, he, he only played a few games. He was hurt most of the year. He played seven games. He didn't play well. Played seven games with him. None of those games he had 100 yards. Yeah, I mean, but that's the this, bar this for a great game. Not no, but this a, is, hold on. This is Odell Beckham now. I get that. This, this is Odell Beckham Jr. we're talking about. This guy was arguably a top three receiver in the league at one point, and he can't get 100 yards receiving? I agree with you on that point, but what I'm saying is we can account for 40 to 60 yards from a guy who has the talent of Mayfield. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not indicating that the Browns are capable mm -hmm. of maximizing OBJ's talent. What I'm saying is that when you bring back some one of that stature that does have that amount of talent and you do have a quarterback who is now in the third year of his maturation process in many instances that third year is when things kind of click when you look at the fact that unless we're saying that OBJ doesn't have it anymore I don't see how it doesn't help yeah, I, I, I get where Vander going and I kind of I kind of feel the same way because I watched a lot of those games those seven games that they were together and it's like I agree he was trying to force it to Odell and it's like you missed Miss Odell when he's going down the field five yards, <laughs> he just blew past defenders, and you not even give him. You can't even. You're not even looking to get him the ball. He feels more comfortable with a laundry who's more of an intermediate crossing route. I'm in your face. I'm a big target. I want shorter passes. He's comfortable with that over getting you know a playmaker, somebody of Odell stature. Because I do agree. I see the games where early on they trying to force him the ball, but I do see where Odell beat people plenty of times. He put on a clinic of route running last year. Um, if you look at the games, the wins and losses, I mean, it's just a fact. They played better without him in the lineup because when OBJ's in the game, it's like he got blinders on. Like he just only see, like uh, Joe said, he want to force the ball to him so much that he doesn't go through his progression. And these defenses know that. And it makes it easy for him to turn the ball over. I think OBJ need to be traded to go fill another another hole on the team because it makes no sense for this team to be where it is with his quarterback play. He got the best offensive line in football. One of the best running backs, two running backs in football. He got two really good tight ends. Hooper was the, the highest paid tight end when he yeah. came in.
So somebody thinks something of him. You still got Njoku, who's a pretty talented guy, second and then guy. They got that kid, um, Hunter Bryant. Another right. Stud. You got the chain mover in Landry. It's, it's too much out there for him to be producing and doing the numbers he's doing. So, man, Baker, no, just forget about it. We had a couple of other games that had some pretty serious fantasy implications. We kind of talked about it a little bit in the uh, Rapid Fire 10 section. We had Green Bay go up against the Saints. For the Green Bay side of the house, that's just tape that you burn and you you don't even attempt to learn anything from it because you did absolutely nothing right that you can learn from. But on the other side of the house, are the Saints that good that we can expect this sort of a output on a weekly base? As far as the fantasy components of the teams are concerned, I know the Adams owners, the Aaron Jones owners, the Aaron Rodgers owners are all kind of looking side-eyed right now. Like, okay, this better have been a one-time thing. Two times is a pattern and um, I might be looking to make a couple of moves the Saints side of the house Jameis Winston if he is what he showed then uh, Vander told us several times during drafting season uh, this is going to be one of the steals of the draft one of the more disappointing fantasy guys in the game Callaway I, I assumed would be the one for sure target uh, of Jameis Winston I think he only ended up with like two targets in the game that was <laughs> That was really weird. I, I I don't I don't know how to look at him if, if he should just go back to being, you know, the 50th ranked wide receiver like he was before all the hype started and he's just the guy or that's somebody that we should kind of hold on to. Uh, Kamara did Kamara type things. He, he's going to be, in my opinion, what you expect of him. It was nice to see several dump downs. Uh, that's what we expected when Jameis was named the quarterback over uh, Taysom Hill, who is more likely to kind of take off running than he is to check down to the running back. So several things we saw was exactly on par for what they should have been but I, I won't ask if anything surprised you because I think both parts of the game to a certain extent was surprising but what do you think will continue versus what was just a happenstance Alexa play Monica just one of them days <laughs> you know I, I think it's just one of them days I wouldn't panic yet when it comes to Aaron Rodgers I think it's just one of them days man they just came out flat and then you know once you come out flat early in the game sometimes you just lay down and he just laid down for the rest of the game. So I still like Devontae Adams moving forward, him moving forward. I think Aaron Jones, I think they'll all get it back together soon. As far as the Saints, I'm not surprised. Like, and similar to the Rams this year, these coaches are able to do a little bit more with the playbook with the more talented quarterback. Watching the Rams game, I seen that last night. And in this game, I seen it also. They're able to do a little bit more with the playbook than he was able to do with Breeze. Even though Breeze is a great quarterback, but he doesn't really have that vertical game. As far as Callaway, I think he's ran to that train, you know, Alexander. And this is one of the best corners. This is probably a top three corner in the league. You know that, right? You should. This is true. So when, when he get on you, if you go look at the numbers, man, when he on you, he on you. So I think Callaway just ran it. I like him. Yeah, he, he's on you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He follows you to the bathroom. You know so I mean? so we, we're thinking Callaway is somebody we should hold on to if we have him? For sure. I think oh. if you have Callaway, give it a give it another go. They have okay. a really good matchup this upcoming week in week two. So I would give it another go. Would you and trade for him if you didn't have him based on the fact that he had a, a bad first game and he wasn't a big name to begin with? So maybe that Callaway owner is kind of nervous about uh, maybe kind of have a buyer's remorse. Would you, would you go yeah, after that guy? If you have another a dirt ball on your team and you could trade for him, I would. But you have, you're going to have a lot of owners that's going to panic drop and they're going to drop too. him. You know what I mean? So you make him get him for free. They got Carolina in week two. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit of matchup, and I would monitor that game and see how Callaway does before I'm ready to to drop him. For right now, I have him on my team. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold him. I didn't even start him this week, of course, because I knew Alexander was over there, so I wasn't doing that. I just think in this case, Joe Barry's defense is similar. Then they play it in their own team, so I think the Saints kind of already knew uh, the kind they played a similar scheme every day in practice, kind of thing. Because Dennis Allen and like Mike Patton, all of those like three guys are under the same like coaching tree, so to speak. So I feel like it was like the Saints, like, oh man, I played it, I played this in the scrimmage already. Them having a new defensive coordinator, it is going to take time for the scheme to get into play. I'm not so much on the descent, defensive side of the ball. I hope that he has a simpler off defense. He's able to dumb it down or something because they looked horrendous. And I just, like like you said, definitely would keep Callaway. He went against Alexander, like you said, top three corner in my personal opinion. He he does that. He's like Ramsey to me, but he just doesn't get the notoriety of what he does on the field. One of the uh, other games that was a disappointment to me, um, <laughs> but it was a, a decent enough game, um, the Patriots-Miami game. Talk a little bit about what we saw with the quarterbacks there. I feel like Tua and Mac Jones both showed enough for fantasy owners not to be nervous, but I don't know that they would be people that I would kind of go after. Right. Yeah, with, with Tua, I really kind of he played he played fair. He one touchdown, one interception, two hundred two uh, passing yards. Mac Jones had like a similar stat line. Honestly, wait and see. I, like with Tua, it's the same as last year. He had some really great throws. He threw a great pass to Devontae Parker. That was that was a phenomenal catch. But like you said, it was the same stuff, man. I wouldn't pick up either of them as of yet. But I love the weapons, Mac Jones. And I just like the system. Mac Jones is a lot more overall. But I wouldn't pick. Either of them up just yet. I was impressed with the way Mac Jones played, considering, think about it. I mean, he's playing against the Dolphins. You know, as a rookie quarterback, this is a really good defense. So for him to go 28 for 39 with 281, no turnovers, I thought he had a, a really good game. I think if you're in a two quarterback league, this is a guy. I would have on my bench for sure, who could maybe fill in for that QB2 spot. As far as Tua, man, when this guy get tackled, I cringe because I just know he's going to get up limping. You know what I mean? It's just like he looked like he's just going to get hurt. I know when he tried to slide, looked like a, a wounded duck. It, it that just, made me cringe. It yeah. looked like he was about to hurt himself on that play. Yeah, it just, man, when I see somebody falling, I'm like, okay, that's it. And the crazy thing about it, I walked away, I came back to the TV, and I seen Jacoby Brissett in the game. I'm like, oh, damn, he's hurt already? <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> I think he just came in for play but so i guess they're trying to keep the the bubble wrap on Tua slightly um anytime they have to do a quarterback sneak they bring in jacoby Brissett. they did that right. a couple of times in the game right now the running backs you had damian harris who was a highlight and a low light of the game he ran the ball very well but he then fumbled the ball to lose the game for us mm. um, on the other side you got gaskins who had quite a bit of pop he had a couple of runs that were somewhat impressive do you think these guys are going to be guys that you want to kind of go get at this point you don't have him do you think Forrest Harris I think I like the way he looked coming out I think this is a guy you can go get because the Patriots they're going to want to run the ball they have a rookie quarterback so they're going to want to run the ball to make him comfortable as far as the Dolphins running backs I don't want to touch either none of those guys until one get hurt Gaskin show a little promise he's still not a guy I'll be comfortable starting for me personally the way I run my team I wouldn't maybe it's a flex position but as far as a start running back I wouldn't be comfortable with him as my starter yeah, I agree. And that's how I look at Miles Gaskin. He's definitely a flex. I don't wish injury on anybody, but if anything happened to Ahmed, <laughs> I would definitely love the added uh, value. Like I said, he brings a lot of pop to that offense, and he's so explosive and dynamic with the ball in his hands. We already know Damian. We covered him enough, um, but I just the injury concern, it's like Sony Michelle when Sony Michelle was early on in his career, where we, we feel like he's a three-down back, where he has those skill sets, but Stevenson... 
to me, I feel like is the bet the better back out of the two. I'm just gonna say it. And wide receiver wise, we had um a few wide receivers that kind of showed that they maybe either to monitor or maybe put on the back end of your bench until you verify exactly what's going on with them. Uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, he did exactly what we thought he was going to do. It looks, it looks like he's taking over that Edelman slash Walker type of a role. Aguilar, who came into the game on a bad ankle, he was able to uh, hold serve, put up a few points as well. The Patriots have found themselves a couple of wide receivers. On the other side of the ball, Miami, you had Parker and then you had Waddle. And Waddle was highly used. He's one of those guys. There's always a rookie wide receiver that kind of comes mm-hmm. out of nowhere from just from what I've seen thus far. Waddle seems to have that gene, if you will, that he can take over a game. The Patriots have a pretty good defense. And on some of those plays, he he made them look silly. I can only imagine what's going to happen when he's going to get some of those teams whose starters couldn't back up some of the starters on the, on the better team. So I really believe that Miami found themselves a true number one receiver who's also capable of playing every wide receiver position. So he's definitely one of those guys that I wouldn't overpay for. So don't hear what I'm not saying, but I would definite monitor that situation fantasy owners may not have seen the game they just see the box score so they may not necessarily have the same excitement that you may have for someone that you actually had an opportunity to see in action from what i actually saw from this kid the sky's the limit for this guy it's just going to be a matter of his worst case scenario barring injury he's going to be a top flight wide receiver because as far as quarterback is concerned, his worst case scenario is Tua. Because I think that right now, today, Brissett is a better quarterback. And then if they trade for another quarterback, that would only be if that particular person is better than the person that they currently have starting. So in my opinion, Waddle's worst case scenario is that he's going to be a stud. So with that one, I just got to say with that, we had no Will Fuller. So I can't, it's hard to talk about the Dolphins wide receivers because Will Fuller was a health, well, should be a healthy scratch because of his one game suspension. But he was just spending game one. Exactly. I do like Jalen Wild. I think he did great. Parker, to me, I don't, I, I'm more and more enjoying the team and understanding like last year wasn't a dud. This dude is a baller. Like just looking at his stat line, he has seven targets, four receptions, 81 yards, and he averaged 20 yards a catch. Like I'm still high on him. This guy, like a highlight reel for spectacular catches. And I think having Will Fuller on the other side to blow the top, to actually take the top off, just like Waddle can, that's really going to play to his skill set because I'm having this thing with him, man. I'm thinking Parker, like, if he can stay healthy, he can have a really good season, possibly sneak into the top 10 because he has that upside. He has that talent. So my only issue with what you're saying is I believe that the the, the wide receiver that's going to be mostly affected by Fuller coming back is actually going to be Parker the the deep guy if you will and Fuller tends to get a little bit more separation and for a quarterback like Tua who would prefer to throw to the guy that's open versus just trusting the guy who's going to go up and get it I think that can actually lessen the effect and definitely targets Parker gets in comparison to Fuller I mean I think Waddle is going to get about his same amount of shine if you will regardless of how those two play out and they actually have the largest amount of rapport to date so that'll be a situation to monitor but I guess what it all in all boils down to is Miami has themselves a, a, a good problem 
I'm going to start off with Arizona and Tennessee. My gosh, does it look like Arizona solidified their defense? It was amazing seeing Chandler Jones get five sacks. Murray had five touchdowns. They're the first team to have that five sacks and five touchdowns uh, by two players, obviously playing opposite side of the field. They put on a clinic. Like, they really stopped Tennessee, and they even limited Julio to just three catches, 24 yards, which is absurd. Henry didn't hardly get much work, and they just they, they did what they needed to do against Tannehill. It, it was amazing to see that. And Murray is looking like MVP personally. I think he's shown enough. My last point with that game, too, is Christian Kirk. I keep putting so much sleep on this man, and I keep thinking less of him, and he keep having these big games, man. They do had a, a, I think Fitzgerald leaving, if anything, helped him the most out of anybody because he's really foreshadowed by, like, oh, he have a touchdown game. He'll have a two-touchdown game. Then he have a 40-yard reception game. It's like he had an inconsistent season, but this guy is just – I slept on. I'm. I'm. That's one person I will trade for. I'm gonna wait till he have a bad game to like trade for him. I'm going Christian Kirk heavily right now. So I, I want to see how it works out the next few games because that might be a good sleeper defense because it seems like they got a, a knack for the quarterback and they had good pieces. Byron Murphy came back healthy from having inconsistent rookie season as far as health concern. Alford played really solid at the opposite corner. So that was my first game. Which The thing for me with Arizona is people underestimated how important the addition of J.J. Watt was. Now that you cannot double Chandler Jones, he's going to be even more of a wrecking ball. He's He's been a unsung hero on that team now for a couple of years but now that you have to account for someone who is equally as talented as he is he's going to go crazy um, that that defense was they did what they had to do to bring their defense up i won't say to the level of their offense but pretty close they're one of my dark horse uh super bowl favorites at this point just because i saw what i needed to see from every unit from special teams from the pass catchers from the quarterback from the defense your running backs James Conner was out there looking kind of spry. They aren't giving him very many carries, so he should be able to stay healthy. Chase Edmonds, he was able to hold serve. They don't really have a deficiency. They have certain areas where they are a little bit better than others, but I don't really see anywhere where they're deficient. I honestly want to focus on the other team in the game. Because you're talking about a fantasy surprise. I was as shocked by the stat lines for Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, not so much A.J. Brown. He kind of, you know, a touchdown kind of pulled him up a little bit. But it was crazy, like, how handily that Arizona defense was was able to knock them out of their game plan. I mean, you would think when you have an A.J. Brown and a Julio Jones that someone's going to get the ball on a regular base. Most surprising, and just before the season, uh, Vander, you remember us having a conversation about Henry, and I told you that anytime someone has that type of a workload, they tend to not be quite the same the next season. This isn't what I was talking about. I don't know what this was. Um, like they didn't even give him the carries. Like I don't know. Like like, and it was early in the game that they stopped giving him the carries. So this really kind of solidified some of the fears that I had. And I don't know if this was a game plan sort of a thing. Like in um, 
two minute mode, if you will, we're going to go with McNichols. And it looked like he was the pass catching running back. No way any fantasy player can tell me they thought anything even close to this was going to happen as it pertains to Julio Jones and Henry. And we, oh, yeah, and which uh, brings me to the second game that I wanted to talk about with you guys was Jacksonville and Houston. The sleep was real for me. I'm like, oh, oh whatever. <laughs> they tanking this year. That's that's what I really thought. I really thought they was tanking. They trying to get the first overall pick. And God damn. And then on top of that, too, they traded a corner last week that was a really stuck corner. I'm like, all right, they just tanking on purpose. They were going balled out. Going with Tyrod first, I did not expect Tyrod to play that great. Even with Ingram. Ingram, Tyrod, easily did not expect them to play great. Uh, Brandon Cooks, obviously, is Brandon Cooks. It don't matter what quarterback to yep. everyone point. <laughs> Six 1,000-yard seasons, ridiculous. Like I, like, And Farrell Brown, too, the tight end. He got in on some good catches, too. He had uh, four receptions, 60 – what was that? Oh, 67 yards. I, he could have had a touchdown, and I like that about him, too. Amadola came off the – just being signed, like, a lot of, not even two weeks. He had a good stat line. That was great. The pressure they had on him. Lawrence had a three-and-three three game, three touchdowns, three interceptions. He hit Shark for a dart, man. That, that ball was, was a pretty throw for that touchdown. I was not expecting Houston to play that well. I didn't even pay attention to – Jacksonville, how Taylor was just orchestrating that offense. He just was scrambling, weaving defenders. You know, he looked like Watson, how he was evading so many sacks and pressures that they brought in front of him and still kept his eyes down the field. I, he thinks he's a starter. And I, I don't know. I might start buying into it. Man, he was out there playing schoolyard ball. <laughs> Facts. For Facts. sure. Facts. Does it buying... say more about the Jags defense than it does him? That's what I think. I'm not really buying it yet. I want to see them against a really good team. And a team that come with a better game script. Houston come in last year, one of the worst teams in the league against the run, like bottom three. And the Jacksonville Jaguars come in and throw the ball 51 times. It doesn't make James Robinson, this guy who finished top 10 fantasy running back last year, mm-hmm. got like what, seven carries, maybe six carries. I think he got five carries. And got actually got out-touched by Carlos Hyde. So this thing is a mess. I mean, so I'm not really buying the Houston Texans. I think it was just they got the right opponent on the right day, and it, it's going to get all these people hyped. So if you got Ingram, if you got Tyrod Taylor, sell them. Don't <laughs> don't don't get Facts. caught up in it, people. Right please now. <laughs> don't sell them. If somebody get in your door now about Tyrod, get we get rid of him because he was just out there, like you said, just running around, throwing around, throw the ball. Cook caught a ball that was a fifty-fifty ball, really good catch, but. And that wasn't even for him. He ran across the field and got it. I'm like, this this ain't how it's supposed to be. So <laughs> I, I just deleted that game out of my memory. Yeah, Chark, but Chark did play good. Just to go back to Chark, he had 12 targets, 86 yards, <laughs> off of only three receptions, which bowled well for him. And Marvin Jones obviously had nine targets, five receptions, and 77 yards. They both caught touchdowns in the game. So right. I like their upside, too, relative to fantasy. I wasn't even they, thinking about Marvin Jones, but I'm going to keep they, watching his game. They try, I see they try to get uh, – uh, Chenault involved early and often. Yeah, yeah he I, had nine targets too. Yeah, he right. ran the ball actually once. Throwing him a lot of little game. hitches and stuff like that. So he's a guy that they're going to definitely try to get the ball in his hand and space and let him make a play. So I'm actually more on the Jackson. I still like fantasy wise, I like the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguar players better. They got beat, but I still like you just mentioned, um, Chark, Marvin Jones. I like these guys kind of better than the guys on the other team besides Cooks. Right. I did like Farrell Brown, though. He did look really good. Yeah, Farrell Brown is a sneaky good tight end. I'm, I, we're going to keep watching games, and I want to see if he develops some consistency in the next couple weeks. Next segment, we actually have something a little new. Get them, drop them, keep them. Let's go. Get them, drop them, keep them. 
I'm going to give three players. Joe and Vander are going to tell me of the three, which they would get, which they would drop, which they would keep. So again, get them, drop them, keep them. Up first, Vander, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Hurts, and Teddy Bridgewater. Get them, drop them, keep them. What you got? You go get Stafford if you can. This is, I don't know, this is a guy you probably will have anyway. So I'm going to say keep Stafford. Go get Jalen Hurts and drop Teddy Bridgewater. Joe, what you got? I'm going to get Jalen Hurts. I'm going to keep Stafford, drop Bridgewater. Second question. Get him, drop him, keep him. Devontae Parker, Kenny Galladay, Jamar Chase. Can I drop two guys? Oh, man. (laughs) So when you got to go get, when you got to drop, when you got to keep. I would go get Jamar Chase. Okay. I would keep Galladay, and I would drop Devontae Parker. Now explain why you would drop Parker. Another mouth is another mouth to feed coming in. Um, okay. Will Fuller is about to be back in the in the in the fold. There's just so many guys over there, man. And the quarterback play is not that good. He had an okay game, but he's not like one of the quarterbacks just slinging it around. So you can have two or three guys that have a thousand yards or a high catch game and stuff like that. So with another mouth coming in. I just I think that's just a guy you need to get rid of because I mean Galladay is the number one even though he I don't like Galladay <laughs> this year but he is the number one target when it comes to wide receiver on the team. Facts, facts. Tell me the number one wide receiver on the Dolphins. I honestly think it's Waddle. See, and then who? But it could be Fuller. It could, when be get full, back. It could definitely be Fuller. Yeah, it could definitely be Fuller. You know what I mean? So I, I, that's why I would say drop Parker. For me, I'm gonna uh, keep Chase. I'm going to actually get Parker, and I'm going to drop Galladay. And believe it or not, we're looking at two tales of the same story. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know how much Tooney played in that game, but I can give you their wide receivers for wide receivers, and then we can take a look at how similar it is, right? Galladay got Sterling, Slayton, and Tooney. Parker got Fuller, uh, Waddle, and then let's say Albert uh, Wilson out of that too. It sounds like they're in the same exact situation. Nobody hardly trusts Daniel Jones. People are skeptical on Tua. But to me, I'm looking back with the year that he had with Tua. That's more tangible to me because this guy had 112 targets, caught 64 of them, and had over 1,100 yards, an insane amount of touchdowns. I know we all know that they Galladay and Parker has the same upside, but I trust the floor more of Parker than Galladay, believe it or not. I think having Fuller back to my point I was making earlier, it's just going to open up their offense. And Galladay, even though he has deep threat numbers his whole career, he gets it done. Like, look what he did against Stephon Gilmore in two games last year, the best cornerback in the league, who was healthy at that time. It, it was That's crazy, like what his upside is. Galladay is Galladay, but I'm going to drop him. I'm going to get Parker because I know next week going to look kind of crazy between the receiving yards, and that's a good time to get him because when they do have to get in these shootout situations, I prefer me a Parker over a Galladay. Again, get him, drop him, keep him. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson. Let's look at this from the PPR perspective, since that's the most widely used. Okay, um, I would say I wish we could take drop and say trade because I would get Metcalf, keep Deontay, and trade Lockett. <laughs> okay, 
I'll accept trade as a form of dropping them from your team. Right. So, we don't we don't mean release them. No. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying they should be on. The, I'm not saying they should be on waivers. Right. To, to be clear, so right. So, so so dropping is definitely a form of of trade. Right. So again, we got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Deontay Johnson. What you got, Bandy? I would go get Deontay Johnson. I would keep Metcalf, and I also would drop trade Tyler Lockett. Even though I got, you know, Lockett is definitely a rank higher than a Deontay Johnson. But with them playing the Bills, it not being really a, you know, really good game, this is the time that you want to capitalize on these kind of guys because he's going to have a good season. He's going to be highly targeted. Yeah, he's going to get Tredavious White. Come on, man. We can't. Right. So I, I definitely will go get him. And, you know, Tyler Lockett had a big blowout game. He has these games year to year. Yep. And the stock is high. Go ahead and try to get your money. Go get your money's worth for him. So. Last year, Lockett got 46% of his fantasy points in three games. What tends to happen is you have Lockett go off on a few games. Then you'll have DK Metcalf go off in a few games. And then Pete Carroll will say, okay, forget all this throwing of the ball. We're about to run the rest of the season. <laughs> that that seems to be the pattern every year. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. I know that's your squad. Yeah, I think that's, that's the – with Lockett is he – he can give you them 40-point games, but then he can leave you hanging when you need him the most and just ha- and just blow up. And I really think uh, Dwayne Eskridge kind of plays into his skill set more than Metcalf because Metcalf is just a behemoth, man. So he a one-on-one. So. With running back, we have Damian Harris, James Robinson, and we have Aaron Jones. Get him, drop him, keep him. Uh, you keep Aaron Jones. Go get Damian Harris and drop James Robinson. Mm. Explain that one because I know Robinson was one of your guys. He is, but man, this game one, it kind of, I don't know what Urban Meyer is doing, but the man got out-touched by Carlos Hyde. Not Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not Carlos Santana. Carlos Hyde. They threw the ball 51 times. That's against a team that's horrible. They gave him 200 yards rushing a couple times last year. Drop that guy. Get rid of him. I, hell, you see in our league, I just did. I made a trade with you and traded him and got somebody else for him. So You, you see, I traded him too. So <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? So I think you should drop James Robinson because I think the talent is there, but I'm not sure if Urban Meyer, that's not his guy. And you know how it is when a new coach come in. They didn't bring you in. So really, no matter how talented you are, you may not fit what they really want to do. And I think that kind of showed in week one. So shaking the room with that, I would actually keep um, Jones – I would actually get James Robinson and drop Damian Harris. Like, I definitely agree. I did not expect uh, Hyde to play into the offense. James Robinson is a solid pass catcher. When asked to do so, he did really well last year. But Hyde is just more nuanced at pass protection as well as being somewhat, not too much, too big of a difference at receiver. And like you said, they were in a predicament where they felt as though they had to pass the ball 51 times. That's subject to change, and I don't think a lot of people understand James Robinson is a very similar pass catcher to Hyde. It's just he's not that great of a blocker. I'm not going to ask him. That's why they kept the other kid, the the one with the weird name I can't pronounce, because he was a solid pass blocker but not a great runner. So that's I think it was just game script at that point. It's not vindicative of what he's going to do the rest of the season. We have Trey Sermon, Najee Harris, and Sanders of the of Philly. This should be a good one. 
Damn. Get them, drop them, keep them. I think you, let's drop Trey Sermon. Let's go get Najee Harris. And let's just keep Sanders. Mm. All right, this, this put us in a because good Najee, project, Because Najee Harris, man, they went against the Bills. The the guy, he, he uh, I don't believe he left the field. Yeah, he he was definitely out there. Um, you know what I mean? So that old line kind of <laughs> concerns me, man. That, right. they, they wouldn't get they weren't doing him no favors. So the volume is gonna be there. So I wouldn't give up on him yet for those Najee Harris owners. I mean, they play against a, a stout defense. Mm-hmm. And I would just, you know, ride this thing through. Go get him. I beg to differ with this one. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go ahead and keep Sanders. I'm actually going to get Sermon and drop Harris. But what I mean drop, I mean I'll try to look to trade him. We already know know I'm big on Sanders. That was another one of my guys earlier. I think with Sermon, people are jumping the gun with why he didn't play. As we already know with football, people base their 53 based on who's available. Mitchell is also a great special teams guy, and I think – it just played towards that matchup that they felt they didn't need um, to utilize Sermon. I don't think he's yet acclimated to Shanahan's offense. People think that it's something that's so easy to learn and grasp. It's a lot to for a young person to take in, just like Jay Gruden's offense. Let me ask you a quick question then. So if Elijah Mitchell goes out and keep playing well, you think they're going to snatch him and put Sermon back in front of him? With their backfield in general is volatility. Like. That's when true. you think one person gonna be the lead back, Hasty might have a good game. I, I know you got people gotta pay attention. People quickly say, "Well, Hasty had a good game. He only had one carry." So don't get it confused and think Hasty was out there. I mean, it was a touchdown, but it was only one carry. Yeah, this I, is true. I love I love Elijah's <laughs> skill set. He's a bigger back. I love how he moves. He doesn't. He plays way bigger than, uh, you know, faster than what his like pro, his prototype is. The 49ers has been known for one thing the last three years. Their running backs can't stay healthy. And all it takes as far as how much they run the ball is one more running back to get healthy before this kid is relevant. And once he becomes relevant, I think the sky is the limit for him because we know what his talent is. With Harris going to X's point and to your point as well, Van, his offensive line is going to be that way the remainder of the year. Is he's going to have spectacular games? I don't think in his division, no. Mm-hmm. And I think in certain, we're going to see the big play, the big games, yes, certainly. But I just don't think in this year he's going to have a, a win your league kind of season. But he does have the upside, upside to trade because of him being what it is. And many of us are going to think, oh yeah, this is this is a dumb trade. But I feel like you can, if you can get the right player for him. Um, you getting the better end of the trade. I just don't see him paying off the value of a maybe a running back too, but not an RB one. Definitely not. The Jets running backs, the, the the trio of the Jets running backs. So you have uh, Tevin Coleman, you have Ty Johnson, you have Michael Carter. These are all three running backs are 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 back in running backs. But the reason that I'm putting them out there is. Literally, all three of these running backs may be on people's waiver wires. So, if you had to rank, get them, drop them, keep them, um, what would you do with the Jets' backfield right now? I mean, I know everybody want Michael Carter to, to be the guy, but no one has really stepped up and, you know, just take the chain off of, of Tevin Coleman's neck. And it's bad. That's know. real bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I Damn. know it's get them, drop them, keep them. This this answer may be drop them, drop them, drop them. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, but if we must do it, I'll say um, I guess you would have to drop Ty Johnson, go get 
Michael Carter, and keep Tevin Coleman. And the reason I'm saying that because Ty Johnson has got to be really bad because he's right there. I understand Carter's a young guy, and you kind of want to maybe bring him along. But Johnson, you have the opportunity to take the job, and you, yeah. you can't do it. So if you can't do it, that says a lot about what kind of running back you are. So Basically says they're waiting on Carter. Correct. So. Oh, yeah. I think that's the play, too. I, I definitely <laughs> agree. I would do it the same exact way. And you can get Carter off the waivers more times than even right. having a trade on. You need a culmination of things. You have to hope that Coleman gets hurt. And then, too, you have to hope that the game plan really revolves heavy around the running backs. So you need a, a lot. Hopefully the game script can change, and hopefully he takes on a bigger role. But I do like the two passes he did catch. Well, he only caught one and took it for 14 yards. The other one, he got stopped. I just like his upside. I still like it. Uh, I'll definitely get him off of waivers. And the final one will be tight ends, and we'll make the tight ends pretty quick. Um, we have Tyler Higby, Zach Ertz, Kyle Pitts. Get them, drop them, keep them. Man, go get Kyle Pitts, keep Tyler Higby, and drop Zach Ertz. Same. That that one was pretty easy. All right, so the second tight end one. Gerald Everett, Jarrett Cook, and Janu Smith. Oh, man. um, I'm going to drop Janu Smith, go get the kid Everett, and I would keep Jarrett Cook. And the reason I'm I say drop Janu Smith, I know he's probably one of the most talented out of the three, but Hunter Henry actually looked pretty good. He did. Everett looked good this week. And I like the way Cook looked also moving forward. So that's the reason I say drop John Doe. I would drop Everett, get Cook, and I will keep Smith. Did you see Everett? You are, you see, you're a Seattle fan, right? Yep. And that's mm-hmm. why I know to, to drop him. We like with, we've had Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson, and we don't, we, we kind of look at But, but, but Cole did y'all Beasley. ever have, but y'all, did y'all really have these tight ends when they was kind of peaking? What we Jimmy had, Graham did you uh, have? What? We had Jimmy Graham after he had a crazy season with uh, the Saints. The Saints. Was that now, a good I, Jimmy Graham, though? I, I, I would point out, though, however, you do have to keep in mind that the your offensive coordinator came over from the Rams. So this guy handpicked the tight end that he had already worked with when he was with the Rams, brought him over to Seattle with them, and they looked for him specifically in the red zone. So I do kind of like this kid's outlook. He's one of those guys that probably on your waivers just unless somebody happened to look at a box score and their tight end absolutely sucked this week. So they just picked up any tight end that scored. Um, other than that, he's probably still on your waivers right now. So I, I do kind of like the outlook for, for Everett. I kind of know with the Patriots, they're leaning towards a similar approach to the Colts and the Eagles with that two tight end approach. So I already know that he's a god. John Smith to me is Goddard in that regard. Our team, Seattle, we we like the tight end, but we don't overly value them. Like even when Disley had his chance, even when the other few tight ends had their chance, not talking about Jimmy Graham at the time, but we don't give them a lot of passes as people this, would think. This is Offense different. is really run heavy. Right. But this is a different coordinator though. Metcalf. Let me ask you a quick question. If it wasn't good enough for Higby to beat out Higby and Higby supplanted him, I'm not scared of him at all in my offense. Would you would you say Everett is the third option in the passing game? For right now, he is, but easily Eskridge is about to take over easily. So with the Patriots, who will you say the third option is? You um, really so don't know. Option, I think the third option is going to be Hunter Henry right now. I think it's obviously Juno, Janu, Jacoby, and then Hunter. But we don't know what Al- Algalar might do when we Kevin right, Moore might do. Right, right. Just too week. many question marks for me. So. Don't don't sleep on how many targets James White might get in a given week. Right. Yeah, That's James a- White just had uh, six, if I'm not mistaken. 
I think he's going to see better, better targets. I mean, because you got DK on one side that can maybe draw a double team. You got safeties on the other side that's going to be honest because of uh, Tyler Lockett. And he got a better quarterback. Yeah, it's to me like, you know, I will, I hope, you know, like you said, game script. We didn't really, we really didn't commit to having to pass the ball as much. So it's possible. I just, I've, I've just been burnt by Olsen, burnt by Jimmy Graham in his prime <laughs> coming off a spectacular season. And I'm like, eh, but you're right. A, a new coordinator might, you know, might be with it. And lastly, we have a philosophical quarterback get him, drop him, keep him. Jimmy G. Andy Dalton and Deshaun Watson. Get them, drop them, keep them. <laughs> and the, re- the reason I put Deshaun Watson in there is we have a lot of fantasy owners right now who are holding out hope that at some point in time in the season, either Houston will just say, hey, if you want to play for us, come on and play for us, or they'll go ahead and trade them to another team that is willing to start them because he has not been suspended or put on the exemplars. It was Houston's decision to hold him out of the game. So that had nothing to do with the NFL. So in many people's minds, he may be that 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 wild card, if you will, that at some point in time in the season may be your last ditch effort for talent wise, a top five quarterback that you kind of got for free. So that's the only reason I'm putting him in there. And then considering the fact that Andy Dalton, we expect him to lose his job. Same thing with Jimmy G. We we expect um, Trey Lance at some point in time to take over that spot. I think you should keep Jimmy G. Okay. Go go get Deshaun Watson because he may be a lot easier to get because you know the, you know the unknown. So maybe take a chance on him. It's a lottery ticket and definitely drop Andy Dalton because that job is about to be it's it's about to be a wrap for that. How long you give it? Two games max. Okay. Two including yesterday. Two more. Or two yeah. More? Okay. Got yeah. Two more. If he go out there and bomb two more, he's out of there. I, it, it can very well be the next game. So if he get pulled once, let's say fans he get pulled in a game like next week, and then Fields come on and throw for like two scores or two three. So it's, it's over. Week three, he's gonna be on the bench. So yeah. I feel I feel similar to Van. I'm gonna definitely go get Watson. I'm gonna keep Jimmy G. I'm gonna drop Andy. The thing is, like going to your point, I really think Andy. It seems like Nagy is a punk it's like when he knows when it's like he knew already last time what was that quarterback they just had over there um Trubisky and Foles. yeah he with Foles. you, you should have went to Trubisky a long time ago you waited for that we saw when Fields came on the field, he completed a phenomenal pass and he had a touchdown. And just two, like those short few spurts that we had of him on the field. But Nagy's one of them, he's like stubborn to the grave. I, I, it's kind of weird. Like you're playing for your job, you would want to have your best players, but he just don't learn, period. I think Jimmy G, I think this is Jimmy G's job. As long as he can stay healthy, I think if he stays healthy, we won't see Trey Lance on the field. I know his upside, I get it. I love his tangibles too. Jimmy G, if he stays healthy, he's going to keep his job this year. This is a trivia question for you, Joe. How many years in his career, we won't count the time he was backing up Tom Brady, but how many years since he's been a starter has he not missed at least a game or more? He's done his entire career since his other than uh, backing up Brady. So unless this is going to be something completely out of the norm for his career, history tells us that uh, at some point in time, even if it's just for a game, Trey might get in there, and my thing is, once Trey get in there, I don't, I don't think he's gonna come back out. So I, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. An- another thing, listeners, please make sure you verify the rules for your league. In many cases, 
when a player is deemed to be out, no matter whether it's due to injury or whatever the case may be, that player is then eligible for your IR spot. So you might actually be able to go and grab Watson, throw him in the IR spot, and then get the guy that you dumped on the waiver to get Watson. So that's something else to monitor. But again, it, it pays to know the way your rules work in each individual league. That's how I did it in my Yahoo league, actually. I, I ended up cutting Watson. Then I'm like, oh my God, I made a dumb mistake. And then once he was ruled out and waivers clear, I just put him the IR and that was it. There you go. So now you can hold on to him without it... Uh, interfering especially if you have a shorter bench that's another thing if you have a shorter bench and you can't put him in your ir spot i would not hold that bench spot um hostage for however many weeks it may take for him to be able to get in there if he does get in there and then i would say that if you can hold him in your ir spot and he isn't traded by the trade by the nfl trade deadline I mean, you can pretty much go ahead and get rid of them at that point. But I mean, hell, for that for that matter, unless somebody else is hurt that needs a spot, I guess you could just let them stay in there. Who knows? Maybe Tyrod gets hurt. He, you know, puts on the cape and comes to save a season that maybe isn't so far gone that they might not be able to make the, you know, make something happen um, of note for the season. So just a couple of things to keep in mind. That's going to wrap up the show for today. Take care of a little bit of business right quick. If you're looking for us, uh, if you have any questions, you want to get us any starts sits any trade questions shoot those to the gmail account that's fantasy football fiend at gmail.com on twitter we're at fantasy underscore fiend on twitter on facebook we are the fantasy football fiend family facebook group and ig fantasy football fiend on ig any parting words for the good people fantasy fiends let's get 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 it let's go subscribe 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 please do it and we out mm-hmm.